So what is barefaced stories? <clears throat> Testing one, two, right. So hi. So this is my true story. Barefaced stories is a show that me and my best mate put together. That's me, Andrew yeah. Gibbs. Carrie Sullivan. I honestly don't even know how to end this story. <laughs> like Now we thought to ourselves, how can a couple of lesbos make a baby on the cheap? Here's my name and number. I think you're beautiful. <laughs> They say the clitoris is hard to find, but here it was, turning up in a suburban board game in Glasgow in 2011. And then Stephen Fry says, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, and the show begins. Welcome to BFA Stories. I'm Andrea Gibbs. And I'm Kerry O'Sullivan. Just a warning before we get started. This episode contains adult themes, so if you have fresh young ears around, put some cotton wool in those ears or some headphones on yours. Kerry, would you say that you're a helpful person? I think my husband Tim is probably more helpful. Oh yeah, Tim is well helpful. He's a helpful bloke. Yeah, well he has a van, so you know, like he gets asked to move everybody every time that they move and I swear every time he does it he forgets the night before he gets drunk and then he has to do the move hungover. (laughs) What a trooper. (laughs) Well I reckon he'd go out of his way to help anyone hungover or not but I don't think even Tim is quite as helpful as our next storyteller. I want to establish here first that I'm a very helpful person. It makes me feel valid and worthwhile. So that's why when a colleague from the beauty industry called me up and asked me to be a model for her, I was only too eager to please. Now, this colleague runs her own beauty salon and she was introducing a new method of waxing called sugaring. So sugaring um, involves hot melted sugar that you pour on your furry bits and then you just... Well, the wax kind of entwines itself around the root of the hair and then you reef the hair out. Um, And it's supposed to be a lot less painful. (laughs) So she called me up and and she said, I need a model for a Brazilian wax. And she said, look, Sinead, I'm calling you because I know you've got a lot of experience with, like, having your fanny out on show. (laughs) And she was right. (laughs) I'm a high school teacher. But uh, before that, I used to be a life model, so I am accustomed to a bit of clam flashing. (laughs) So what uh, the process would involve was um, the instructor uh, waxing my love tunnel while about half a dozen beauty therapists looked on. So the day of the waxing came, and with it, my period. (laughs) Early. So I called up the instructor and I said, oh, Marie, um, I'm really sorry to do this to you, but uh, my periods come early and I don't think, like, I don't mean to let you down, but I don't think I'd probably be the most ideal volunteer anymore, would I? And she said, oh, Dalf, look, it's fine. We do this all the time. Uh, All you have to do is pop a couple of painkillers because it'll be a bit more sensitive in your area. Uh, and just pop in a tampon. Because if you're comfortable, we're comfortable, Dals. <laughs> so, because I'm helpful, <laughs> I did as she asked. 
So I rocked up and the instructor briefed me on um, the intimacy of a sugaring wax and some of the positions I would have to take. So she said, firstly, I just want you to lay face down and I'm going to start with your, you know, I'm going to do your behind first. So when the students come in, what I want you to do is just spread your own ass cheeks <laughs> so I can get a really good access. <laughs> Now, that wasn't the first time I'd been asked to do that that week, so I thought I had this in the bag. <laughs> so the students filed in, and I lay face down on the bed, earnestly spreading my own ass cheeks. Bit wider there, dolls. And I've just got to say that... There's a moment, just be here with me, be here, <laughs> when you're in a room full of strangers spreading your own ass cheeks before the waxing begins when you're just an asshole with no name. <laughs> so, um, by the way, I really should mention here that this was only the second time I'd ever had a Brazilian wax, so I didn't know that it's customary to trim your own pubes so you don't look like you're smuggling Hagrid. <laughs> Let's say that what I was rocking would put a 70s porn star to shame. <laughs> oh, that's a choice, said the instructor. So... <clears throat> She got to it, and true to her word, it was a bit more sensitive in my area uh, than it would not would have been had one had not had one's own period. Um, and she went about reefing giant hairs from my ass crack while the room took notes. <laughs> I was already dead inside. <laughs> After she'd finished with my back door. She said, right, Darth, now what I want you to do is just flip over and I want you to pull your knees right up and spread them out so you just butterfly yourself. That's nice. Perfect, perfect. And um, I just feel that I want to say here that the words sugaring and butterfly do not adequately fucking describe the pain that I was in. So... Um, as the instructor's confidence grew, um, she picked up the pace and she expertly ripped sheets of hair from my every orifice. Um, the, I saw her hands kind of in this blur of hot, melted sugar. And at one point, I felt the wax kind of roll down my labia and work its ray around my tampon string. I felt a tug. A tug from deep within my soul. Oh, yeah. And that little tampon ejected from my body down my birth canal where it was never supposed to go. I imagined a champagne cork popping. <laughs> Flat on my back, I couldn't quite see what was going on down below, 
but I could see everyone's faces. <laughs> and they were no longer taking notes. My tampon was 99.99% out of my body. But I could feel that little wad of cotton hanging on by a single thread. In her shock, the instructor did the only thing she could think to do. She tried to put it back in. In my shock, my vajayjay went into lockdown. My muscles had never been tighter. My minge so clamped that her futile efforts to replace the missile and return it to its launching pad, I'm sure you can imagine. But she did it. And when she did, I thanked her. Because I'm fucking helpful. And it was at that moment that I realised that what doesn't kill you sometimes makes you wish it had. Sinead Bevan proving that sometimes you can be just a little bit too helpful. Well, she's not the only one. We all like to do good deeds every now and then and it's good for the soul. That is if it goes the way you planned it. Here's Andrew Portelli doing his good deed for the day. And do you reckon he gets an extra brownie points if it's for an old lady? 100%. I was was walking home uh, a few weeks ago. I was walking home from work and I was just feeling uh, miserable. Uh, My uh, ex-girlfriend and I had just re-broken up. Um, And I I saw this lady, she would have been about 50, um, just drunk on the sidewalk, uh, trying to stand up. She couldn't. She had all her bags, just trying to pick them up. Uh, And just stumbling around like she was just off her head. And... um, she was fairly well-dressed and I have this... I don't know if you ever do this, when you feel bad, you, um, you, you, you try and do, like, a, a good thing to make yourself feel better. So I said, are you all right? And she said, no, uh, I'm fractured. I said, do, do you need help? And she said, yes. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, I have breast cancer. Uh, I said, um, OK, well... Yeah, can I help you right now? <laughs> and she, uh, she said, yeah, I need to get home. So I told her I'd, I'd take her home. Um, and we started walking to my house where my car is, which in retrospect is <laughs> sort of weird. Uh, but, uh, I mean, and we'll, she was telling me about her sons who are my age and we were holding hands um, because she couldn't walk straight. And um, we got to my house and I realised I should have asked her where she lives. She lives in Hazelmere, uh, which is past the airport. Uh, and I was like, OK, well, you know, I don't want to ruin this now by saying catch a taxi. Um, <laughs> so we, we got into my car and we started driving. It's, the roads are wet, there's heaps of traffic uh, and she just stinks 
of um, of booze and and her perfume was really strong and it was quite claustrophobic. And we start we start driving and we seem to be having the same like conversation just over and over again because she's so drunk that she doesn't remember um, what I'm saying or what she's saying. Uh, and then it gets a bit more personal and she starts talking about it cancer and she said that she um, had a double mastectomy a couple of years ago and um, she thought she was cured but now it's come back and, and she only had a year to live. And I was like, you know, fucking hell. Uh, I don't... I'm not equipped for that sort of conversation because I'm just... <laughs> I, I was just intensely uncomfortable. But um, she said, what do, you, what do you want from your life? And I just gave the most boring, dry answer. I said, I, I want to be good at my job, which isn't... I don't even know if that's true, really. But um, <laughs> she said, what I really want is for someone just to really listen and understand uh, just everything that I, that I say. And I was sort of, I was doing my best, but I was just so, I don't know. Um, and she, she, um, she said, so much has happened that every morning now when I get up, I say, I'm alive. I said, okay. And... <laughs> And she said, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. I'm like, yep, all right. Uh, and, um, and then she, she, she takes my hand, and I'm trying to focus on the road, but uh, she takes my hand, she says, promise, promise me that you will say I'm alive every day. I said, yeah, I, I promise. And, um, and I mean, I, was, I don't do that. Uh, <laughs> But I needed to change gears. Um, she she doesn't let go. She she yanks me towards her, and um, like so I'm looking at her, and she goes, "Say it. Say say your your you'll make your kids say I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. I'm like yes, I will I will do that." And. She lets on my hand, and I look back at the road, and there is someone turning into my lane, our lane, um, <laughs> and I have to swerve across another lane uh, so we don't get hit. And she's too drunk to realise um, what's happened. I think she could tell that I was stressed out. Um, but the rest of the way, um, she kept saying, oh, you know, I'll give you money. I've got money. And that was, that really, uh, I didn't say this, but I'm not a fucking taxi driver. Uh, you know, don't try to ruin my good deed by <laughs> giving me money. That's not why I did this. Um, so, like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, and it, she said, I hope you're not going out of your way. <laughs> She was off her face. And, I mean, I, I was going on my way because my car was parked at my house. So everything <laughs> since then was me going out of my way. But anyway, we, we got into her driveway in Hazelmere and um, I didn't know how to end this. Uh, I, she, she said, thank you. I said, 
yeah, that, that's all right. And, and she, she got out uh, and then she sort of sat back down with her legs facing out of the car door and leaned, leaned back and looked over her shoulder at me <laughs> like she wanted a kiss on the cheek or something. <laughs> and, I mean, this is, like, I'm just, I don't know, like, so uncomfortable and... So I just, I patted her on the hand <laughs> and I said, catch ya. <laughs> and and I, I drove home and I just, I felt like shit. Um, way worse than when I first saw her. Um, and I don't know, that's somehow, she's an old lady with cancer and I made it all about me. So thank you. <laughs> Andrew Portelli, proving that sometimes giving doesn't make you feel good. Thanks for listening, guys. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing each week on Bareface Stories, then we'd love to hear from you. Head over to iTunes, leave us a review and show us some love. Bareface Stories are told on a tiny stage. In a huge state. In a massive country. Where no one can hear you scream. Or laugh. Or cry. More Bareface next week. Girl.